Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. And this is Trav. Welcome, Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of... What's that, boy? You want to be the GM in our next Fringeworthy game? Sure. Yeah, You've studied all the material. It's fine. But if a cat's a GM, it'll knock all the miniatures off the table. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yep. <laughs> Not to mention it, is, it, it would only last, like, what, 15 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week, we are talking about uplifting animals in your various games uh, through whatever means you, you wish to use and how that would affect your gameplay. Would they be good pa- player characters? And just how, in general, does uplifting animals fit into various types of games? I've uh, you know, created a bit of an outline, but really uh, what I've already said goes way beyond that. Okay, so, so when that happens, when they become as smart and as ability to function equivalent to uh, uh, humans, uh, you know, whether they have, you know, whether they're walking on all fours or whether they have augmentations or whether they're walking upright with, you know, fur on them, okay, then what's going to happen is we're going to see laws passed, finally, giving equal protections to animals of that level, okay, so that, you know, they now have the right to not be killed. They now have the same protections from, you know, if, if someone kills an animal, it's now murder. It isn't destruction of private property. Or animal cruelty. Oh, no, animal cruelty. They're getting pretty... Uh... Oh, yeah. Well, they, they did. But I'm just saying for the longest time, though, it was just, you know, destruction of property. Well, yeah, I remember... Um, and this is actually a classmate of mine years ago. Her name was Leah Murray. She was a model. She traveled around the world. She was even on David Letterman's old NBC late night show. And I guess she went overseas, and due to mishandling it with the kennel, the dog died. And Leah fought and got, at the time, because they, they were trying to rule this dog's property. You, you, you're not going to get this. She fought, and I guess got, at the time, the biggest settlement. And I'm sure they lumped in emotional suffering. I mean, this wasn't just... I mean, I'm sure with your pets, you, they're your fur kids. I'm a fur grandpa. I know of this. My daughter and her husband and their three roommates all together have like seven animals. Mm-hmm. I'm fur grandparent to two dogs and a cat. Those are the ones I claim. Megan, Ty, and the new roommate, those are all yours. But Leah, apparently, I mean, as I said, the lawyers would lump in, oh, there's a pain and suffering and emotional trauma and all that. It doesn't matter. Leah still got like one of the most massive settlements for a wrongful death suit for a dog being left in a kennel mistreated, something happened where it died at the time, ever. Mm-hmm. And if we thought that was big, once animals, uplifted animals gain 
sentience rights. And I mean, I'm talking a soul. I'm just talking sentience rights. Like they, right. they can pat a what is the thing? Computers. A Turing test. Oh, okay. Once they well, pass one of them. Because so, they're already self-aware. Animals are self-aware now. But they don't necessarily have a sense of identity. So yes, that's what the Turing test is about. Yeah, but the, along those lines, they pass that. Yeah, it would go from destruction of property to animal cruelty, which, as I said, a lot of states are getting hardcore on it now, to flat-out murder. If you have, you know, beat up one of these animals, it would not just be animal. It is assault and battery. Right. Or assault well, within, well, you know, well, don't, you get... Don't, yeah, don't, don't, like, you know, make it emotional, okay? No, if no, I, I'm not. If, I'm just... If I have a, no, I'm saying, if I have a pistol... And I walk over to your dog and I shoot your dog. Okay, that dog did not suffer. I killed it instantly. Destruction of property. Yeah. No, it's murder. It's murder because it was now, an uplifted now, animal given a, the same right. Now it's still destruction of property, but right. it would be murder at the point where the animal is as smart as a human being. Yeah, I'm. I'm just drawing on my experience as a CJ major, just you know, going up that scale as far as the laws go. Um, right. So yeah, it just. Yeah, that would, because, and and this would be, again, and this term kind of got ruined in a past presidential election, slippery slope, because they would attach sentience with souls, and the two are separate. It's like sentience. If these people can function as human beings, if they can, you know, pass whatever criteria in whatever country, because I'm sure different countries would have different criteria for uplifted animals, you know, what do they consider sentient? Yeah, then it would be a game changer because then and and you would have those people who would try to attach well that that I mean they have souls and you'd have to go down that whole rabbit hole and just let's just leave it at sentience. That way then keep it a straight legal definition. Well, it's going as you say. It's going to go both. Ways it's going to because, go there anyway. Because yeah. there's people, there's people that are going to want, you know, if you want to give every protection to your animals, then you're going to have to go that route because there's some protections that people get because we're considered to be sold creatures. Well, you know, this leads to your next point in this thing: cross-species marriages upheld. Right. I don't know the percentage of marriages that are done under a religious auspice, either by a man of the cloth, you know, the man of the cloth, but in a church. Mm-hmm. My first marriage was Lutheran. My second one was Ukrainian Catholic. Both of them were by men of the cloth. Now, if you're going to have this done, you're going to need to get this soul thing done and out of the way and have it cemented in stone. Because if not... You might be able to have marriages, but I was raised Catholic. And Rover, he's a good provider. He fetches, you know, the meals. And I want to get married in a Catholic church. He's willing to convert. And the priest would be like, nope. He may be sentient, but he doesn't have a soul. I'm not marrying you with a soulless creature. That's not happening. So you'd have a lot of, uh, you know, the JP weddings. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you would need to get this soul thing locked down ASAFP and I'm not going to say what the F is. It's, know what it it's, is. Not go- it, it's not going to happen that way. You know that's not going to happen that way. I mean, 
there's there's issues going on right now that we're 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 still wrestling with after 20 30 years you know um, about certain laws uh, but you know hey I'm, I'm I'm all for the struggle <laughs> it's it's well, it would be us. a whole new civil rights issue. I mean, we're, yeah. a lot of people are saying that the, the current... I'm going to try to keep the letters down to a minimum here because it seems every time I turn around, the, the GBLTQ rights movement, oh, yeah. that seems oh, yeah. to be our last major... Because we have already given... Yeah, I'm not male, I'm not female, I'm donkey. Well, <laughs> you have... And remember, and remember that borough? That borough becomes a naturalized citizen. Yeah. But you have, um, they're, they're saying that the GBLTQ current rights movement is like humanity's last great, because we've done, we've, we've done the things with, you know, civil rights for women, for minorities, for dis, people with disabilities. We have here in America, the American with Disabilities Act, which covers, you know, for mental and physical handicaps, you know, jobs and businesses have to, you know, the term accommodate and so the GBLTQ movement is our last great one well if we uplift animals that will be a whole new movement and it yeah. will take decades because you will bring in the, the whole soul thing uh-huh. and it's just if you're thinking and those of us those of you listeners out there who may of the and what's the term I'm looking for the, the subsets of the various culture, women or GBLTQ or disabled. That's the thing. They're, they're, we're all still human. This yeah. will be the biggest battle ever because not only we are attain, trying to attain sentience, but souls. Are these things living creatures in the sense of souls? And then yeah. again, go back, you know, rewind about five minutes to where I was talking about the lady wanting to marry the uplifted anthropomorphized dog and the Catholic priest says no. So yeah, that's going to be the, the battle to beat all battles mm-hmm. because of all the extra um, stipulations we have to go through. All the, and part, all the hoops we have to jump through there. <laughs> yeah. I saw what you did there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with the moving pointing fingers like I do. I see what you did there, yeah. But right. oh no right. no cross species marriages upheld, yeah that that's gonna be the kicker right there just and and citizenship yeah the, mm-hmm. the ability to inherit to own property themselves all those things that basically human rights are gonna start being conferred to them because people are gonna start realizing because people are gonna want to first of all you know you have this animal. That's been by you know. Let's assume that they've also increased the lifespan of the animal. Oh yeah, so the animal's now living as long as you are, and now you're going to die, and you want to give this to your companion, your faithful servant. You know, the person who's been with you, the person who's been more important to you than possibly anybody else in your life, and you want to give them and protect them, and they're like, "Sorry, Charlie, he's not a person," and you're like. Oh yes, he is. Well, because you have you have the instances of <clears throat> humans passing away, and they leave stuff to their pet, mm-hmm. and the pet obviously has to have a caretaker, and they are the ones that administer to the estate. Right. Perfect example. And I'm Bruce, and I know of this series. 
You might have seen it on TV land, Gilligan's Island. The lady who played Mrs. Howell, Lubby. Mm-hmm. Natalie Schaefer. She left everything that she made from that show, because she got royalties and everything, to her dog, Lubby. Lubby had a caretaker. They were the ones that made all the legal decisions, even though the will, it was, everything was left to Lubby Schaefer. Right. And it's just now, it's like, you don't need a caretaker. If this dog is anthropomorphized, it can sign its own checks. Just say, hey, I need I need this amount of dog food shipped here to the Schaefer residence. Okay, fine. You don't need that person to come up and sign for them. They can do it on their own because they got the opposable thumbs in the hands now. Just So, right. yeah, that, that was just something when, when you brought up about inheritance of property. That was the first thing I think of was that actress. I remember hearing about that. I'm like, left it to their dog. What? You know, just. Yes. And as for some, as someone who works for a charity, I'm always like, yeah, it probably would have been better used by a charity. But, yeah, you know, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, you know, I'm sure that at some point that dog was gonna gonna pass on, and then that those millions of dollars hopefully would go to a charity. Who knows? Yeah, we. Uh, I don't know what happened. Yeah, it's like that, right. Google it for later. Yeah, JFG. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, all right, and then. Uh, at this point, uh, you know, we've made so many changes to the animals that, you know, essentially we are able to make them into whatever we want. We're able to make whatever changes. And so, therefore, now the animals, this is we, if we're going to do all these things, we might as well do some stuff that really would benefit us. For example, make uh, all organs in an animal able to be uh, transplanted to humans if needed. So now your dog can give you a kidney. Okay. Yeah. And it's not. And it's not. You know. And 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 with minimum rejection, just like we have cats that are. You know that that people with allergies don't have any problems with them. Hypo uh, uh, allergenic cats. Well, we can make. We can now at this point make all these animals. You know, able to be. As far as the in antigens and things like that, and, and possibly the, the, the size of organs. So, in, in the uh, continuing with transgenic changes, uh, we'll probably be able to have brain-to-brain connections through wireless means, of course, which will allow both the helper and the, the helpers. Looks like we might not run what we'll call them animals anymore. Helpers and ourselves to be more effective, so that. You know, because they're working as a sim- basically a more symbiotic relationship now, rather than it just being a facilitative or assistive. You know, the animals now, uh, they're really close friends. And when we talk in, in about the game Fringeworthy and about what the Tamelon were like, you know, we talk about how the tools they use, purr and, 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 and bark and stuff, and that they have, you know, they basically make purpose-built animals for the purpose of doing things it doesn't mean that those animals are you know are somehow non-intelligent they are they're you know they're just they understand what they were made for and they have they're happy to do it in in some ways it's the uh 
you know, the, the, the Hitchhiker's Guide, of course, takes it to the extreme that a comedy would do when they made the dish of the day at the restaurant at the end of the uh, of of uh, the universe. Mm. You, you're not familiar with that. I read the first book only, and that was, and then saw no. the movie. I didn't go for the whole. Five okay, well, book you saw trilogy. the movie. You saw the part where they go there. And they have a, an, uh, what's called the dish a day, which is an animal that uh, allows you to choose which parts of its body that you want to eat. And then they take it back to the kitchen and it commits suicide. And those parts are... Okay, are, uh, yeah. And, 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 er and everyone's going... Well, actually, Arthur Dent's the one having a problem with it. saying, oh, this is terrible. It's immoral. It's tough. He says, oh, I suppose you would prefer to consume a species that doesn't want you. To eat it, <laughs> and, and so you know, is it? Can I have a glass of water? <laughs> so everyone else is busy, you know, eating big slabs of steaming roasted meat, and he's over there eating a cracker, and yeah. you know, and, and getting dirty looks from a, a table full of uh, celery, intelligent celery nearby. <laughs> Because he, he didn't eat the food that was bioengineered. And I can see Martin Freeman. I don't remember the scene. I've seen the movie, but I, rem I can see Martin Freeman just going through all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm just, so it's, and this is the kind of thing where, where you have, we haven't even talked about the uh, effect of walking, you know, being an uh, explorer and walking into a society that is already like this and you're not used to it. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be weird. Uh, they kind of touch on it quite a bit in the anime um, uh, series called Chobits, where they have created artificial, artificial, basically dolls, artificial humans uh, that are that are robotic. You know, their their bodies are mechanical, uh, but they see they, the flesh feels warm, and they they have full range, and they can talk to you, and they can emote, and or at least they can act like they're emoting. Yeah, it's really sophisticated you know. programming, yeah. Well, you know, and of course the question is is that can you love can you can you actually love um, a a chobit um and in this in the story. And that's one of the big questions because the chobit that he has is different. Seems to be able to seems more childlike, seems more emotive seems more needy rather than being something that's purpose-built and and yes sir i'm ready to be your you know your your um you know well siri you know you're siri, you know, to do whatever you need yeah. done and 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 they're they're happy to sit on your shoulder and ride around with you and 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 be little you know phones for you whenever you need them or you know go over there and uh like a squid and and run over and and un, un, you know open that jar because that's yeah. what it's created for, right? No, this particular show bit uh, is uh, is is different, and so of course you know it raises the question: Is that if show bits or uplifted animals were to be made uplifted enough, would you be able to actually love them, or would you always be in a situation where you're essentially abusing an animal? <laughs> you may think you are, but you, you know, but and of course, um, we would like to think yes, we could. You know, certainly people love their animals, but is you know, can you love an animal? Can it love you back? And can you be in that relationship that we call love? 
true love, you know, you know, the kind where the, the, the it's, it's it's actually a bear that kisses Snow White, and Snow White wakes up because it's true love's kiss. So, I I'm I'm seeing that most likely it would have to be generational as far as it would be a couple generations down the road from us now to uh to get society out of the mindset of well it's an animal that's just yeah we have affection for it but not that level it would right. be something that your my possibly my daughter's generation you know your son's it might be our grandchildren or great-grandchildren's generation before that type of mindset gets worked out of society. It took 100 years before blacks could bury whites without anybody going, without most people going, oh, what is going on here? Or just being arrested for it, yeah, or well, worse. Or, or worse, yeah, but I'm just saying is it where it was, it was kind of like, you know, you know, Oh, she's she's marrying that handsome black man. Well, good for her. <laughs> or he's marrying that beautiful, you know, uh, black woman. They'll have they'll have what they'll have such beautiful babies together, you know. And and it's and and those conversations did not happen back in the very often in the sixties. You know, yeah. that was you know, that it took a long I mean and that was the and that was the watershed that was the time where I li I literally lived through it where people went from no you don't date black people or you know sometimes you know uh, Latinos or anything else if you happen to be white to the point where it's like why would I even care yeah I mean you know? we, we have some holdouts but you can tell that they are dinosaurs. Most well, people today, well, I, it's, I, a it's it's generational. Well, yeah, I, mean, I I still have it. I mean, you know, I, I I you know, I emotionally, I'm not the same place my son is. My son literally is is is, is colorblind. You know, he really could care less. You know, uh, but yeah, he's he's 40 years younger than me. Yeah, yeah. So there you are. You know. And I'm happy for the for him because you know there were a lot of really beautiful women of color that you know I it, I should have gotten to know better when I was in college, but I didn't because it was just you didn't do that back then. Or if it, it was internal. It was a script running inside me. Yeah. You know, it was something. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, my mom, you know, said things like, "Well." Just think of the children. Would you want your children to be abused for being, you know, mixed race? Oh no, no, no. I yeah, uh, the girl. I, I actually, I actually had that conversation with my mom, yeah. and I was just like, I didn't know how to answer it. It was like that came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no. So I, these I, little, these little things that people would say to each other to create this, this uh, hostile. Culture, yeah, that didn't that that kept this stuff from happening. Now it's it's mostly gone. Uh, of course, I live in Atlanta, which is a big blue island in the middle of the sea of of, of yes. uh, not yep. blue. So <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll just leave it. At that. I, I'm yeah. saying I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know what it's like. I mean, you know, uh, some of the. I mean, I've lived in the the. I, I I spent an entire summer selling books door to door in in Alabama and places like that, and these people were, you know, um, wonderful people that I bet the customers, you know, in various farmhouses and various places, 
you know, working class people. Um, you know, some of them were, you know, professionals and whatever. And, and, and they are, and I mean, I could literally say is that, you know, other than their, their uh, economic levels, uh, they were all the same. They were all decent people that should have had every right and reason to find love in each other um, and, and to live with each other in equality. Uh, so I was like, you know, what's all this? Why are people resisting this? But anyways, but you would have this. It definitely would be, as you say, it would be a really hard, it'd be a sea change, just like we went through with the civil rights movement and with, and more recently with gay and lesbian, um, that uh, there's going to be, a, there would be a sea change with the uplifted animals where they truly were, before they were truly accepted as being equal to humans and, and as valuable and to be protected and cherished as much as humans. Yeah, because that, that whole thing with the grief that people would give, as I said, my girlfriend has two children. They are what you would mixed. Their father is black. And so I have seen these kids take, and they're eight and five, and I've seen them take crap from neighbors, and it comes back to me, and I'm just like, this is 2019, really? And I'm, again, like you said, I'm in the Detroit area. Again, a Blue Island in a sea of not. And so, yeah, it's like here, again, it's damn near an everyday occurrence. I can walk the streets and see this, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, and I, granted, it was different for me, you know, than 40 years ago when I would see it on the streets. When I was 10, I was just like, what? Okay. And of course, I'd hear other people around me make comments. I'm just like, what's going on here? I mean, we all bleed the same. Settle down, you know. But yeah, with animals doing this, yeah, it would take probably the most massive, and what's the term I'm looking for? Axiomatic shift humanity would ever have to go through. Mm hmm yeah, we, I mean, we fantasize about now with, with you, know, you know, women with dragons or men, you know, and men with unicorns and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, various things like that, you know, and, and there's a whole, there was a whole series that was done uh, by uh, Barlow uh, or Varley, uh, John Varley with the uh, Titan series where literally these, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the centaur, centaurs yeah. were uh, the intelligent species and they were, they were hooking up with humans, and uh, they they went into the nitty gritty of it, um, and 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 to them, you know, it was like, you know, I I I came, kind of came into the middle of the series where it was kind of more accepted, but I was always kind of like, you know, why are they finding us attractive? Okay, <laughs> you know, we we come from a long horse loving culture, you know. Especially Americans with cowboys and such. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, so I, I can see that a little bit, but the horses were finding us to, you know, us people who are basically the equivalent of para, uh, we were paraplegics. We only we only had you know two sets of limbs instead of six sets of limbs. So yeah. you know how, why why were they just looking at us and going, it's so sad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but they didn't. So that was that was all part of that, and um, yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough, you know. And and the ones and the creatures that are that are been created purpose built to be doing certain jobs, 
is it's going to be hard for people to grant them the same rights as the ones that are more generic, you know, that are built to basically handle anything that you might run into. You know, the equivalent of a butler, equivalent of a um, a wife or a husband. I have uh, another or a, a nanny. Or I have whatever. another example of how things of a different subset are treated. And I read this on my show a couple years ago, uh, probably summer before last. Japan had an electronics fair, and there was. A female-formed robot, complete with the skin and the hair and the eyes and the movement. Its name was Samantha. Now, not bad-mouthing the Japanese, but I know that some of their, their views toward women can be a little... Yeah. And by the time this electronics con was done, hair was pulled out. Part of the synth flesh was ripped off. So yeah, it's, it's again, the whole thing about humanity. We tend to harm things we don't understand. And the fact that this this robot was extremely passable as a human Japanese, Japanese human female of maybe 20 years of age. Of course. But, but just, no, when I'm reading this and just everything that was done to this robot... I was just aghast on air, and I was live streaming, so people saw my look. Uh And I'm like, and now imagine if this is done to animals. There's the scene in um, the Animatrix, where you're Uh seeing the robot uprising beginning, and there is, well, how can I put this? A pleasure bot? Yeah. And just, there is the scene where there are a bunch of human males ripping it apart and doing the same thing, ripping the flesh off, the hair, the clothing, just taking it out on this robot because it was in the middle of the, you know, the robot seeking their rights well before the sky turned black and everything. But yeah, it just, animals? Oh yeah, if this get, oh no, there'll be, yeah, it would be where animals, imagine your worst animal abuse videos and people put them on facebook and and, it, you're, and most people are like stop we don't want to see this we know what happens i don't want to see it just crank that to 11 and that would be the type of stuff that happens as this rights battle goes on that right. and of course of course the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to pass animal modesty laws oh yes yes because there are some things you might not be able to work out of the animal there might be still some traits and I made a joke to Bruce pre-taping, and I will not bring it up now. <laughs> Just, right? Yeah, Just, but you know, I mean, for ex- but like for example, uh, you, you're not going to be able to take your dog out and let him do its business on the side of the street anymore, because well, any more than you'd let your child do that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You just. I mean, well, if you uplift the animal enough, it's going to. And that's another thing we're going to deal with. Okay, we have the men's room, the women's room, and the uplifted room. Probably for male and female uplifted animals. We're going to and just may- like... Maybe maybe we need to... And you might need to split them up because not all animals are going to get along with each other until they're sufficiently uplifted. Right, yeah. And maybe, like not, and maybe dog... not even then. Yeah, you yeah. get the dog and the cat, you're going to have to have the dog and the cat room, yeah. Um, uh, cat, the, cat the bird. Yeah, that's another one, or the mouse, yeah. <laughs> but no... Um, yeah, it's going to be like the, the 60s with the colored bathrooms and colored water fountains all over again. 
Now, that was a little before my time. I was born in 1969, so that was I, I that was just before I was born. But I I've, do, never, I've never seen that you myself. Ne- you never saw... And again, we will say this, Mr. Shepard is about 10 years older than I am or so. So yeah. there's a I, little more, I, I, he has a little more history that he has access right. to than I do. I never, I never saw like a water fountain or a location that said for colored only or for whites only. I think that, that might have been more in the south. I think in the in the north it might have been a little more. Well, I mean, there was, you know, there was plenty of rioting that happened when our Martin Luther King died. And, oh, no, you know, no. And there was riots in 67 up here in Detroit. Yeah. Oh, no. Right. So I'm just saying, though, but I never saw that as a child. I mean, uh, you know, I, I basically was at the cusp of people really getting their heads around the idea that 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 the civil rights was a good idea, and yeah. they really needed to get behind it. So, and my mom was a was a was a devout, uh, or I should say, a militant um, person in that direction. So, oh, okay, uh, you know, it, it, you know, I mean, I remember the day that our Elementary school got his first black children. Yeah, see, it, uh, yeah, my it, it, my my school system. We're on the border. It's Western Wayne County, so the opposite end of the county from Detroit, and we're on the border of Washtenaw County and the city of Ypsilanti, which is a suburb of Ann Arbor, where U of M is. So there are a lot of black people in that area, and there were two schools that there's a subdivision called West Willow, and so. Yeah, starting junior high. I mean, there might have been like one or two black students I might have had in my elementary school. But once I got to junior high, some of the kids from, uh, well, maybe, I mean, well, no, okay, no, they went and went south. Anyways, a few more at junior high. By the time I hit high school, I would say half and half, you know, effectively, just because by then, you know, all the kids from South Junior High that came from Rossonville and West Willow, yeah, I had a high school full of 1,500 kids. And just, yeah, it was, we had our race-backed fights. We still had them. I remember a classmate of mine was taking on three young black men at one time, and that was the talk the entire year. This young man was given a wide berth because of that. So, I mean, it still happened even in 1986. But Belleville is also a town of 3,000 people. So it is still, it's small town America. We had a Ben Franklin dime store at one time. So, yeah, all of this stuff as far as the things that, that Bruce and I have been talking about with animals, crank all of it to 11. Any bad thing you can think of about any type of civil rights movement, blacks, GBLT, Q, the women's movement in the 70s, you know, NRA and all that. Imagine that just all nuclear grade because of all the various things that we would have to go through as humans to accept animals that we have uplifted through science and technology. And then after a while, they're going to, I mean, if you alter genetics enough, after a while, they're going to start breeding true. We won't need to uplift them anymore. They will become their own true breeding race. Right. And so that's when... The fecal matter will hit the oscillating air mover, you know. Yeah. And just, it will put humanity against a wall because we're really going to have to look at ourselves then. But what's going to happen is also we're going to start deciding to take on animal characteristics. If we could do it to them, we could do it to ourselves. 
Oh no no I I I expect that entirely. Yeah. Could you imagine if you sit there and put avian DNA as far as like optic nerves into humans? Mm -hmm. Goodbye glasses and contacts. If you yeah. were to sit there and put uh, a lizard's regenerative abilities, you know, like the iguana, how can you break off the tail and it grows a new one? Tear up a leg and it grows a new one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then you put that in a human. Not musculature, bone density. But, well, chip, yeah, well, but the biggest fear is that we're not human anymore. That's the point where they're going to have to get past. It would. It is called, and I've used this term when in my games, speciation. Hey, you got right. dentation. I've got my term. We, 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 should, we each taught you a new word today, folks. Um, but yeah, speciation, where humanity becomes splitting into humanity 2.0, 3.0, 3.25. It ends up being like D&D &D editions here, folks. Right. Um, and, and we're talking about it being like what Trav just said, where it's actually part of the genome now. Yeah. We're not talking about here's some poor here's some poor uh, person who's a paraplegic and they just basically cut off the legs and they and they graft on you know some other animal's legs that you know that will functionally work <laughs> like a goat and, every he's a satyr now no right um, no or, or or it's i'm trying to think of something that's closer to our legs like you know or you know it's uh, a, a gorilla yeah uh, you know that's big enough you know or it, but yeah i mean certainly there's a lot of animals that have strong legs that you could add you know to, to that um you know, that some people might want real claws on their hands instead of nails but uh yeah it's there's going to be some questions then it's going to raise questions of what is well you know are are humans even human anymore what does it mean to be a human you know which of course is a question that should have been answered probably decades if not centuries before by the time we get to this point yeah you know which is is that you know a, a human should be something that has the ability to to e emote and perceive and care the way humans can, you know. So whether it's whether it's made out of uh, a silicon or whether it's made out of of human flesh or other flesh, you know, that's that's going to take a long time for people to get there. But that's but by uplifting animals, we may find ourselves we may find that we're uplifting ourselves. Well, yeah, because we'll have to up our... Well, remember, intel, um, technology and ethics often don't travel at the same speeds. Oh, We've yeah. proven this time and again. Just because it's the whole, just because we could doesn't mean we should speech from, you know, Mr. Jeff Goldblum, Jurassic Park. Which, and, by the way, my uncle said that years before he did. <laughs> <laughs> He would he would have been just nodding his head sagely as he heard those words, saying, "Finally, somebody who you listened to saying the same thing I've been yeah. saying." Yeah, but yeah, we're we will find with this. I mean, and do you want to bring it up in your game? As far as the ethical, it might make for nice role playing, but you got to watch that it doesn't go off the rails because it can totally end the campaign if you. I mean, you could bring it up as I said, part of the role playing context, but it's a fine line where you're gonna get you're gonna get that one person who happens to be religious, and they're gonna go there, and it's gonna be your job as a GM to try to you know keep this within the context of the game and don't turn this into a a religious debate or a spiritual debate or whatever because that it, it could end things really quickly in a really bad way. So as far as the ethical and other type of metaphysical type things of uh, bringing uplifted animals in your game, approach that particular part with caution. 
Now, as far as your just, you know, treating second-class citizen, you know, uplifted animals, second-class citizens, that can be role-played a little easier because that's more of a legal standpoint, and that's just, okay, in this society, like, for, oh, God, what was it? Trying to, uh, Scorch Earth Studios, I use it to make, ah, Fursona. Uh, Chris A. Field put out five different PDFs on making, and, the, oh, Fursona Unleashed is the current one. Basically updating them all. And basically, you can make uplifted animals. And there's another one called True Beast, where they're uplifted but not anthropomorphic. And with both of those, you get the you can take a disadvantage called Second Class Citizen, where yeah, you're still considered by the society that your character's role playing in to not be fully up to par with humans by the law or by societal standards. That can be role played in and everything, and that would be something that the GM would have to adjudicate as far as okay, you are playing an anthro human. Or anthro-animal. Anthropomorphic bear. Fine. And, yeah, you escaped from the genetics lab and you're on the run. And you know that the cops are going to be after you and the federal authorities and corpse sex going to be after you and all this. And that's stuff you can role-play in. But, yeah, you just got to watch going a little too far with, okay, how deep does this go as far as rights and at what level. It is a warning now from us two... Long-time Game Masters. Tap dancing into my field, <laughs> to, to, to put it lightly. But, oh no. Yeah. Up, and, and and as we said, TriTac has plenty of instances of uplifted animals. Um, FTL has, you know, the cetaceans and the primates. Fringeworthy, you're going to find those type of races all over the place because the Termelern, tech, well, Termelern evolved, but they uplifted everything. Remember, Termelern were biotech gods. Um, right, the Kegak. Oh God, yeah, of course. And right now, more than ever, we need J.P. Haley with his Kegak imitation. Um, uh, let's see. Hardwired Hinterlands. Probably the science that made the Hinterland is what made the animals with the capital A. I would think, most likely. And that's another one where you could play either anthropomorphized animals or just, yeah, it looks totally like an animal, just happens to have speech and cognitive abilities. Right. Uh, like uh, the animals in, uh, oh, uh, Dr. Dooler. Yeah, yeah, they they were all, but they could speak, and you know, then and, and uh, they could talk to him. He or he could understand them, but as far as the viewer was concerned, it was like all the animals could talk. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Bureau Thirteen. Yeah, there's all stories are true. You could have all sorts of uh, uplifted animals in Bureau Thirteen D Twenty. Familiars. Familiars, yes. Animal Familiars. companions, yeah. Because well, they... I'm just saying, is that they're, they're supposed to be exceptionally intelligent? Yeah, you know, and some of them are actually demonic beings or other beings who just take the form of animals. Yeah. Um, well, of course, Bureau Thirteen, you know, D20 Modern is what it was based off of, and if you look in the friends and foes section of uh, D20 Modern, you have the Moros. Right. Anthropomorphic animals made through genetic engineering. And you have overt, excuse me, and covert. The overt ones, you know full well that they're an anthropomorphized animal. It's like somebody's wearing a dog mask until you pull on it and it says, ow, and snaps at you. Then you have the covert ones, which, okay, it might be part bad. It just means that it's got really big ears and may have, it may be blind. You know, so you have that. Let's see. Um, incursion. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of uplifted animal races that yes. now breed true. There's the Yavnir. There's um, the the Euro, which are like the 
hard-shelled, and I should know this, Incursion was my first, it was my breakthrough game with TriTac. Um, hard-shelled well, I mean, lizard race, and they're like physicians. So yeah, well, you have those types of You mentioned of the uplifted critters in, um, uh, I'm sorry, the uplifted critters that were in FTL, but half of the races were essentially uplifted animals. You know, the Karen, the, the, uh, the, 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 my favorite was the crustacean that was smoking the cigars. Oh, and the three on the three lizarding, the arcole, the skay, and and I have to say this, like my 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 buddy Brian Jeske said, the Tugan. <laughs> I've got some stories about that Tugan he played, but yeah, those were all uplifted lizards. So yeah, right. it all throughout TriTech, you've got more than a couple handfuls of chances to play some type of uplifted animal, depending on the game that you're playing. Mm-hmm. And then of course there are just other games out there. Hell, Rifts has the Dog Boys. The, the 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 they are uplifted dogs, and they are used to sniff out cyan magic. And that's been a staple of Rifts since the beginning. Uh, let's see. As I said, you got Alf Albedo Anthropomorphic based on the comic book. Um, of course, the old Palladium Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, and then their version of it after the bomb, where you're playing mm-hmm. mutated human-acting animals in a post-apocalyptic society laid bu- made by the uh, late, great Eric Wujic. So yeah, there's plenty of role-playing games out there where you can do this and play some type of uplifted animal. And just the possibilities are endless with, with the Palladium system because they can make it where, yeah, you look exactly like a mouse, except you speak. And you take deficits for not having manipulatory hands and everything, but you could buy, like, Cyanix, which make ectoplasmic hands and stuff. Or you could be flat out where, yeah, I look almost entirely, totally human. Somebody might call me a pig man because I got kind of, you know, big nostrils and, you know, I'm kind of fat and, you know, portly and, you know. So, yeah, you've got that whole range of back and forth as far as um, looks, digits. If you're a bird, you know, you might have wings on your back or just have glider wings, you know, membranes under your armpits. You can go all these different routes with that game and just... Yeah, the, the, the possibilities for playing... And, I mean, even in uh, D&D and Pathfinder, you've got uplifted animal races like, let's see, gnolls, orcs are considered pigmen. You have... The Japanese have the Tengu, the humanoid crows. Uh, I remember in the old Oriental Adventures book, you had the uh, the shape-shifting ones, the Hengu Yokai, that they mm-hmm. had a human form, and, the inter- and they were basically Japanese lycanthropes. Okay. And I think one of the fursonas, I think three or four, went down that route, all the Japanese animals, because Chris A. Field does another game called Black Tokyo. And yes, it is a hentai-based game. It is an adult game as far as the subject matter, but you could play the uplifted animals of Japanese myth because he had all the stats for all that stuff. Um... I'm trying to think of any other role-playing games that have mutant anim- animals in it. Oh, heck, even Robotech had um, Fox and Bear Men, the Garoons and the Carbarons. And you know that they were evolved, you know, they evolved, they, well, uplifted through evolution, but you can still play those. And so, yeah, it's just, if you, you know, you probably can't turn and spit without finding a role-playing game where somewhere you're going to find some type of uplifted animal. Pokeball. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh well, yeah, uplifted because a lot of them have probably a childlike intelligence. And then, of course, Mew, Team Rocket's Mew, you know, he uplifted himself, basically, through force of will. He learned to talk and interact with humans. See, Joe, I did learn something from Pix. I mean, you know, all, all that drilling into my head about that stuff, something stuck. So, yeah, folks, I mean, just as far as uplifted animals, just go through the used gaming boxes at, you know, your store or whatever, and you will find a game that has some 
facet in it where you could play an uplifted animal. It just, and I mean, a lot of them, yeah, I admit a lot of them are probably a lot older games, but, you know, classics stand the test of time, as they say. Well, yeah, you can always convert them over to your favorite system. Oh, yeah, yeah. As I said, I mentioned a couple of things for the, uh, for... Vindicators. OGL. And and was it the Vindicators or the... Justifiers, the old... Justifiers. Uh, yeah. The old uh, Gideon game from uh, Star Child Publishing. That's going to be another one you're going to have to look in the, uh, the old gaming, the used gaming box for that one, but... Yeah, he went pretty deep as far as how they were, as far as laws and everything, and how they, you know, were made, and the alphas and the betas and all that, and even he got into some, I remember seeing some uh, crossbreeding uh, tables and stuff, like if you have a dog and a cat, what type of features would it have, you know, that type of thing. Oh. Looking to see what else. Well, that was pretty much my list, because, I and the last thing I said was, is that, the two last things, one is that animals will be uplifted and changed to exist in other environments. You know, just like humans are going to get gills, animals may be changed to live in the uh, in the, in the areas, well, of, of Titan, to be able to breathe methane. Yeah. We also make them intelligent enough that we can toss them out onto a planet that we want to uh, colonize yeah. and see if they can survive. Yeah, such as let, the game Justifiers. Yeah, exactly. Let, let them do the hard work of... Uh, you know, of fighting, you know, the indigenous natives and finding out what things people are allergic to and all the rest of that stuff. And then when they finally, you know, settle down an area, that's when the true blood humans, whichever form they take, will yeah. show up and uh, reap the benefits of their labor. Uh, I can see that happening a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what we did with Australia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because pr- criminals, of course, are not... are are not considered really human beings. Well, yeah, that, that, that remember, folks, in memory of history, Australia started out as a British penal colony. Yes. So, yeah, it, 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 yeah, I never really thought of it that way. Wow, yeah. But, yeah, as I said, for that, Justifiers would be your best bet to go that route if you can find that game. That would, that just, that, that is the, the textbook example of what Bruce just talked about. And then right. say it was a great game. I remember playing a few times with my original gaming group back in the day, like in the nineties. You know. Oh, let's there's see. lots there's lots of games that were that published in the nineties that are still excellent games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and seems you, that's where you, a lot of that it seems that's where a lot of the uh the anthro animal games there there was the big kind of pushback then in the nineties. Yeah. Go like, go to your local science fiction and or gaming convention. If they have an auction Check out what they've got because you'd be surprised what kind of gems suddenly appear oh, yeah. from people's basements and such that have been sitting down there since they were children, and they're finally says, "Okay, it's time to get rid of this." And you might capture, get yourself one of uh, something that's just what you always wanted to play. eBay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what will probably drive the final the final merging of uh, uplifted animals and humans? is when transgenic offspring happen. Again, this is hearkening back to the cross-species marriage thing that we mentioned right. earlier. Yeah. Well, you, you can marry you know, who you want to, but it's when you actually start producing offspring with characteristics of both, that's when people are really finally going to have to, you know, either, either it's going to be a complete blowback or they're finally going to accept it. You know, that's that's when it's really going to happen because that's how it always is. Yeah. That's why that's why warring tribes intermarry with each other so they can they can produce children that will carry the peace. 
Yeah. And and so forth. You know, it's uh, and I, you know, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough, you know, for those people that do that, you know. Uh, just like it has been in our own history, but the uh, ultimately uh, people are going to see those as the new humans, the yeah. true humans, possibly the true humans, the ones that aren't fettered by our past or fully uh, fully carry with them our past. Especially if we start traveling to other worlds where we, you know, the, all those different genomes that we've had merged into our bodies, you know are basically we're carrying the entirety of Earth to a certain extent with us when we go to alien worlds and other civilizations, you know, and it may end up being a true selling point to humanity. Or they're burning us all across us. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows how aliens are going to treat us? Hopefully better than we have treated aliens. Or if, ourselves, uh, if, yeah. If alien autopsy is any... Uh, is anything to go by? <laughs> oh, I don't think we ever want to let them get too deep into our into our movies. Just we've made the movies and TV shows about alien autopsy, and then an alien scans the internet and sees it and says, "Okay, we're out of here." What? Every time we have an alien, we try to kill it. Yeah. It's just it just seems like. Well, what what, we... that's the one thing I I, ha- I tell people in the games that you know I'll be role playing and we'll do the we humans do one thing better than any other race. If we don't like or understand something, we do our best to harm it as much as possible, <laughs> up to and including there, eradication. Yeah, right. There is there is a whole subreddit uh, that is all about humans are the Australians of the universe. <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> it's it's hysterically funny. It's like, there's these you know usually this elder alien who's got this new alien who's about to go and be transferred over to interact with the humans, be the only the the only representative of that alien race on their one of their ships and stuff and he says let me try to explain some stuff to you before you go because otherwise it could be very bad for you (laughs) so and it's it's hilarious you know the stuff that they write about it or you have the people that you basically get to read their diaries you the aliens and they're like okay we went downstairs and yeah, and and uh, they were eating the offspring of anim- of uh, of animals. You know, uh, he says they called them eggs. <laughs> but then at the same time, they seem to have this real big real big problem about what people do with their own eggs. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or you know, it's 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 just like you know uh, they. It's everything is made out of textured vegetable protein, but they try to make it as look, look as much as the bloodied carcass of the animal from which it would have come if they, it was exactly what they wanted. Yeah, you know why do they do that? <laughs> why can't it just look like, you know, stew or whatever? You know, and oh, it's just great stuff. It's so funny and it's very perceptive. And uh, I highly recommend it. You know, there's, there's a widespread, so you can find something for everybody in there. But uh, I really like the funny ones where they're like, let me try to explain. And they're like, that doesn't make any sense, sir. We know, but this is how they are. And, you know, and, you, and whatever you do, you know, he says, if one of their young starts crying, do not try to cover his mouth hole to, to silence it. <laughs> Just let it go. Just they can't hold their breath for a half hour like we can. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, all this stuff's funny. All right. Anyways, uh, so I think that's that's about it. Uh, thanks everybody for being with us. We really hope that you 
you bring in uplifting animals to your games because you know and really wrestle with these things with the other players because I know it's really easy for the other players to go oh yeah he's got a smart dog or oh yeah she is her familiar whatever you know try to do more than that try to really bring up the social issues if you're a GM have people react to them uh, and and maybe have the other players come to their their defense you know because uh, and maybe there's an underground, you know, like just there's like very there's some very militant groups in our world with various uh, subsets. You know, maybe there's a uh, uh, a very radicalized version of animal uh, uplifters, and they, you know, they're you know it's it's like you know give give them you know human rights now or pay the price. So. I mean, all that's possible for the GM or the players to bring because you know, oh, yeah. if you as you as a player start saying this is this is how I feel, this is how I feel about these animals, and I'm going to stand behind them and or for them, and I love my 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 little my little uh, goblin uh, offspring that I saved, you know, from that that uh, lo- you know that lion, and I'm going to raise him, you know, to be a proud goblin. <laughs> I mean, you've heard about that in D and D, and there's no reason not to do that. In any game that you play, I mean, yeah. there's always going to be a little goblin out there that needs to be uh, protected by a, a big, strong human and and given dignity and and protected. and uh, And there's always people that need smacked down for uh, their intolerance. Yeah. Uh, make make your games real. We really want you to make your games real. So throwing in these kinds of um, oh, radicalizing elements can really spice up your game. So we hope you do that. We hope you uh, uh, take this idea and really run with it. And as always, if you do, please go on to our Facebook groups or uh, leave us a message on uh, uh, tritechsystems.com uh, uh, or uh, even send an email to Trav or I. Uh, we'll be glad to uh, uh, take that and post it where, um, far and wide and even mention it, you know, on our game, uh, on our on our podcast, because uh, you know we're perfectly willing to uh, have you know have breakdowns of campaigns where people have taken some of these ideas and really gone with it and said, you know, I mean that's that's a whole we, we would consider that a whole session of itself. We'd love to have people on as guests who have really done some amazing things with their games. So if you think you have, we're we're the place to uh, oh to try yeah. to, Folks, not published, but um, publicize it. Oh, yeah. If you guys run a campaign based on the ideas that we've been kicking out now for 10 seasons. 10 years, yeah. 10 years, yeah. By all means, if you want to come on, contact us via, you know, the Podbean site or iTunes or the Facebook group. Or, as I said, if you know me and Bruce personally, which we're both on Facebook. It's not, you know, I'm obviously a lot more public than he is, but... Lee Sheffer at AOL.com. Anybody, I get email from everybody. Okay, yeah. Trav13369 at... Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, by all means, contact us and let us know. Okay, you remember this episode? And of course, we're going to have to dig back. There's been 10 years here, folks. But we'll dig back and go, oh, yeah, we did this episode and they ran with it? You're on. We'll, we'll arrange time and place, get on Skype with us, and we will just have your notes ready, and we will just, you know, fling ideas back and forth for a couple hours. So by all means, we would love that. It would be like 
the ultimate version of listener mail. So yes, please, by all means, we would love to do that sometime. If you guys have come up with an idea based on us and went to town and ended up being a three-year campaign, let us know. All right, so we will have more of this next week, but you'll have to wait. Until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.